The Lord be with you. A reading of the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to listen to Jesus. But the Pharisees and the scribes began to complain, saying, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So to them Jesus addressed this parable. A man had two sons, and the younger son said to his father, Father, give me the share of your estate that should come to me. So the father divided the property between them. After a few days, the younger son collected all his belongings and set off to a distant country where he squandered his inheritance on a life of dissipation. When he had freely spent everything, a severe famine struck that country and he found himself in dire need. So he hired himself out to be one of the local citizens who sent him to his farm to tend the swine. And he longed to eat his fill of the pods on which the swine fed, but nobody gave him any. Coming to his senses, he thought, how many of my father's hired hands have more than enough food to eat? But here am I dying from hungry. I shall get up and go to my father and I shall say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. Treat me as you would treat one of your hired workers. So he got up and he went back to his father. While he was still a long way off, his father caught sight of him and was filled with compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. But his father ordered his servants quickly, bring the finest robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Take the fattened calf and slaughter it. Then let us celebrate with a feast. Because this son of mine was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. And then the celebration began. Now the older son had been out in the field. And on his way back, as he neared the house, he heard the sound of music and dancing. He called one of the servants and asked what this might mean. The servant said to him, your brother has returned, and your father has slaughtered the fattened calf because he, was, he has him back safe and sound. He became angry. And when he refused to enter the house, his father came out and pleaded with him. He said to his father in reply, look, All these years I served you, and not once did I disobey your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat to feast on with my friends. But when your son returns, who swallowed up your property with prostitutes, for him you slaughter the fattened calf. He said to him, My son, you are here with me always. Everything I have is yours. But now we must celebrate and rejoice because your brother was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. So in this series, we've been asking, if home is where the heart is, then where are our hearts? What's the condition of our hearts? The last couple of weeks, Pastor Veith has talked about having a stubborn heart and having a procrastinating heart. Today, let's talk about having a distant heart. Like many kids, when I was a young boy one time, one day I can remember getting so mad, I decided, I'm going to run away. 
So I go out to the garage and I grab a camping backpack and I start filling it with food and clothes. And my mom, who had been kind of just watching this little temper tantrum, comes up to me and says, what are you doing? So I'm packing my bag and I'm getting food and clothes and I'm out of here. And she said, no, those are my things. You're not going to live in my house. You're going to have to find your own. Touche, mom. I never made it past the garage, right? But here we have this repugnant, obnoxious younger son who has the audacity to say to his dad, give me my share of the inheritance. In other words, dad, you haven't died fast enough. I want to get out of your house and live my own life. Jan Melke would have never done this, but this father does. He gives it to him. He divides the property between his two sons. The word for property, as you can see on the screen, is bios, where we get our word biology. It's life. It wasn't just his property. It was the father's bios, his life, his livelihood. He divided his bios between his two sons. And so he's off to a far country, to people who are not his family. In other words, he's a long ways from home. They probably loved him at first, right? As he's buying rounds for everybody in the bar. Until he squanders it all. He wastes his father's bios, the life his father had given to him. And so now he's hungry, and he's in the pig pen, and he's craving the food that pigs eat. And it says at the end, no one gave him anything. He has hit rock bottom. He's all alone. But he comes to his senses, at least his sense of survival. His repentance plan is far from perfect. You may have noticed it was still pretty self-centered. Because sometimes we come home not because we miss our family or because we missed home, but because we've wrecked everything and we're desperate and there's nowhere else to go. He does know that he doesn't deserve to be called a son anymore. He's hoping maybe that he could be a servant, which means that even though he's on his way home, he's still a long ways from home. But while he's a long ways off, his father sees him. Every day his father had been watching the horizon, waiting and hoping that his son would return. And his heart explodes with compassion. And he runs to his son and he embraces him. Literally, it says he falls on his neck. He wraps his arms around his emaciated, pig-stenched body. And he cuts off that son's stupid speech about not deserving to be a son anymore. Immediately, the heart's father is on full, lavish display. He orders the finest robe, the family signet ring, sandals for his blistered feet, and we're having filet mignon for dinner. Let's celebrate. My son has come home. He's still my son. His dutiful older brother on the surface appears to be the exact opposite of his younger brother. But deep down, their hearts are identical. When Jesus says that the older brother was in the field, it's a subtle way of saying that he may have been in closer physical proximity to home, but he was no closer to home. And we learn just how far away from home he was when he learned about a party being thrown for his idiot runaway brother. And you can understand at first him, you know, being a bit perturbed and upset about that brat who came home. And yet, on the other hand, shouldn't there be joy in his heart? 
his brother. His brother's come home safe and sound. Nope. His heart is distant, angry, furious, and he refuses to come into the house. He is so far from home. But notice that the father goes out to him too. And he urges him and he begs him, come inside to the party. And that's when it gets really ugly. In a full-scale temper tantrum, he begins to lecture his father. Look, I have been slaving for you all of my life. I've done everything you told me to do, boss man. You owe me. He's bitter and resentful and entitled. After all this jerk has done, you serve up filet mignon for him. You've never even given me a measly goat so that I can have a party with my friends. Notice he says with my friends, not with my family. And then comes the final blow, which completely distances him from his family. This son of yours, he's not my brother, you're not my father. But the father says, my son. And the Greek word there is actually my child, because he's being childish. The father is patiently trying to calm down a little boy in a grown man's body. Because the father loves that little boy. Always has. Always will. You're always with me. All that I have is yours. Remember that he had given the older, share, the older son his share of the bios too. We had to be glad and rejoice. Your brother, your brother has come home. John Paul II wrote this, even if he is a prodigal, a son does not cease to truly be his father's son. And I would add this, that even if he's a bitter, resentful, entitled son, he does not cease to truly be his father's son. They both see themselves as slaves. The younger one said, treat me as a slave. The older one said, I've been slaving for you, but the father always sees them as sons. And it's not that the boys return home. Father brings home to them. He goes out to them. Peter Kreeft writes this, Where is the Father? He is where his heart is, with his son on the road. And we could add he is in the field, standing outside the house with his son, begging him to come in. Kreeft goes on to say, his son could leave his father's house, but he couldn't leave his father's heart. No matter how far away that son traveled, he cannot forget his son. Home is where the heart is. It's where the father's heart is, and the father's heart is with us, no matter how far away from home we might be. He cannot forget his sons, and his daughters. Jesus is the Father's heart, my friends. 
Because Jesus and the Father are one. And Jesus left the home of heaven with his Father's bios to come to this far country of ours. But not to squander it in rebellion. Instead, he spends it all for our redemption. He spends everything to bring us home. So if you are a searching soul, you have that sense about you that there's got to be more than life to what I'm experiencing right now, then I want you to know this. Your Father has been looking for you, and He has found you right here and right now. And He wants you to come home. He wants you to come inside the house. Join the party where the finest of food and wine are now going to be served in this Eucharist, and where we sing loudly and joyfully, and if we even maybe get carried away a bit, there might even be dancing in the pews. I believe that Jesus tells us this story purposefully as sort of an open-ended cliffhanger. What happened to those two brothers? Presumably, the younger one went inside. But the next day, did he start to beat himself up and go back to thinking that he was no better than a slave? Or did he let his father embrace him? Did he come to believe in the depths of his heart that he is forever a son, fully forgiven, fully restored, fully loved? And what about the older son? Did his anger and resentment persist? Did he go back to slaving, thinking that whatever he might get, it had to be earned? Or did he finally come to realize that to be a son is a gift? Did he let his father embrace him? Did he go inside and hug his brother and welcome him home? Did he ever figure out that the party was for him too? I don't know how it ends. What will you do? The party has started. Will you come inside? <laughs>